Well, it yeah, it all new fuels are are uh, have new risks. So it's yeah. a matter of uh, of uh, learning what those risks are and how to how to mitigate them. And I, mean, I think you can look back in history to see, you know, when steam propulsion uh, first came online, there were a lot of risks, uh, and, and it was it was dangerous. It uh, and so I think we've learned a lot since that time and and, uh, and learned how to accommodate new technologies. And so we'll be able to do this safely. Welcome to the BridgeWatch Podcast, bringing you up to speed on all things innovation in the shipbuilding and marine industry. My name is William and my job is to provide shipbuilders with innovative tool to increase their productivity. My name is Winston, I'm the co-host along with William and I've been in the marine industry for 26 years, teach naval architecture at the Marine Institute in St. John's, Newfoundland. And I do marine consulting work, helping companies build better ships faster. And I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys. This episode of Bridgewatch is brought to you by Enelf Marine, providing shipbuilding software and expert advice to enhance your value stream. Whether you're a shipbuilder, ship owner, or designer, give your team a competitive advantage. Visit enelfmarine.com and let us help you build better ships faster. So can you just tell us a little bit about this uh, H2Ocean project that, that you've been, you guys have been working on at Capilano? Uh, sure. Um, it's H2Ocean is the, the name of our uh, hydrogen fuel cell powered harbor cruise vessel. And so it's a uh, 24 meter, um, approximately 100 passenger local cruise vessel. So it, it, uh, it, it's your classic dinner cruise boat that uh, will operate in the harbor uh, so people can enjoy the, the sights of Vancouver while uh, dining and drinking and dancing and doing all that sort of stuff. It's, uh, uh, we, we specifically chose uh, that vessel or that vessel type uh, because it's, it has a relatively low power requirement so it makes for uh, it makes the, the implementation of a new technology a little bit easier uh, yeah. than say uh, a high utilization high power uh, vessel <laughs> and it's also it's very public so it, it is an opportunity to uh, demonstrate new technologies to the public so they can appreciate what can be done. Uh, and so we've uh, put together a, a group uh, of companies that uh, all, yep. all specialized in different aspects of hydrogen fuel cell propulsion uh, regulation. Uh, so we, ha we have um, uh, Capilano Maritime, uh, HTEC, which is Hydrogen Technology and Energy Corporation. They're okay. leaders in, in hydrogen technology as well as their hydrogen suppliers. And, <laughs> and they supply hydrogen in the greater Vancouver area 
at this moment. Uh, we have uh, Canal Marine as our electrical engineer and integrator. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Lloyd's Register is the uh, regulation company. And uh, Ballard is, Fuel Cell. Is, uh, is this project the first... Um project that Lloyd's is uh, involved in terms of hydrogen uh, ships? Uh, no, they've got some hydrogen projects uh, around the, the, the world. Uh, okay. They have some, in, they have one in the UK. It's uh, a ferry that is um, has a, a hybrid of hydrogen fuel cell and diesel propulsion. So I'm guessing that they're, they're able to uh, to give you a little bit of int on uh, how to uh, how to get involved uh, with who to get involved to because they have some of uh, of the background uh, or maybe HDEC too because of uh, um, their experience with other industries, right? Yes, exactly. And that's we've we've partnered with HTEC to get their expertise in in many different industries and they're very keen to get ex uh, expertise in the marine industry as it's one area they, they don't have exposure uh, so we're I think we've got a really strong team and, uh, and and we've actually worked together in the past as well as we I, I, we tried a hydrogen fuel cell tug design back in 2009 and uh Put together a design along with C-SPAN and okay. uh, presented it at the International uh, Tug and Salvage Conference in Vancouver in 2010, and it was uh, it was just uh, ahead of its time, and uh, the owner decided not to proceed with it. Just the availability of hydrogen was not there. Yeah, um, but you know, ten years have, have uh, seen a lot of changes. And, Greater Vancouver area, we now have uh, four retail stations that dispense hydrogen. Uh, so it's, it's publicly available uh, and it's, it's growing. There's a real um, um, movement in hydrogen that uh, it, it's, it's quickly uh, becoming uh, much more available. It's always been the supply and demand question with hydrogen. Yes, yeah, that's right. And so, oh, I didn't realize that that there were commercial uh, spots available where you could get it. So, does that mean that there are, are vehicles? I mean, I, I know that there's buses that are hydrogen powered. And is it only is that the only place that's the only guys that are using these stations, or, or are there cars out there that are hydrogen powered? Oh yeah, there's cars. Oh, okay, uh, Hyundai, uh, Toyota, and Nissan all make uh, hydrogen fuel cell vehicles that are uh, production vehicles. Uh, and so, I my uh, my friend has one, and so I've, I've been in it several times. Uh, it, it operates, feels very much like an electric car, very quiet. Uh, okay. Yeah. And and so in terms of running costs, has he given you any idea? I'm sure you guys must have talked about it, like compared to a liter of you know gasoline versus you know what what are is are the is it cost less? Does it cost the same? More? It's. Uh, the running costs are the same at this time. Uh, right. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there are incentives for the implementation of hydrogen, uh, so they've 
they've essentially made it so that uh, to power your car by gasoline or by hydrogen, it's approximately the same. Yeah, which is not unusual for a, a sort of a, a budding technology to be helped along by, you know, the federal government or whomever to kind of, you know, because they can see the value in it and, and hopefully uh, our tax dollars will help that thing get off the ground. With, with the um, with the H2 Ocean Project, did, it, did the idea from that come straight out of what you guys learned from doing that tug or was this something new? Is this, is this a Capilano-driven thing or... Yes, it's, it's very much a Capilano-driven uh, idea. We, yeah. We're just keen to, to push this to the forefront. Um, you know, we think it's uh, beneficial for our business and, and we think it's beneficial for the environment. So we're, we're excited about doing it. And that, that's how we, that's why we're here. Uh, that's why we, we got into this. It's, it's just the enthusiasm of our, our people and yeah, and I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing also with uh, the trend moving for hydrogen, uh, it was probably easier to get some foundings and get probably uh, partners uh, than in 2009, right? Yeah, yeah, we're we we definitely have uh, uh, received lots of um, support and, and interest in this. Um, Excellent. We could, we could still uh, do with some more uh, investment for the the next phase. At this at this point, we have uh, got we're we're working on the design and approvals of the of, of the vessel. Um, the next phase will be construction, obviously, and so uh, most definitely looking for partners. Other and companies that might be invested in interested in investing in the technology and and in the project. Um, I am the first to admit that I am, uh, you know, uh, I don't know too much about the whole hydrogen fuel cell technology and how that all works. But it, it it's uh, so, so. I have two questions. One is, uh, is it does it work like a diesel electric where you're you're powering like what's actually turned on the propeller is it an electric motor or is it connected? yes yeah yeah so it's like that okay yeah yeah it's an electric um electric vessel uh, right so the uh we we have the the hydrogen fuel cells uh produce electricity and there's a small battery bank that uh, deals with the transient um, requirements of the electric motor Mm-hmm. Uh, so it acts as a, a bit of a buffer between the fuel cell and the electric motor, and and then so your your vessel is entirely electric. Uh, you you put in um, hydrogen and air to the fuel cell, and then, mm-hmm. uh, out of that comes vapor. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Like a humidifier. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so is 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 Transport Canada like I I recognize that of course Transport Canada is Canada's uh, is kind of they cover all things transportation including maritime and you know roads and all that. So I, I you know I assume that they must have already approved everything for the buses that are you know driving around Vancouver that have fuel cells. Are they already? You know, are the regulations already there for the maritime side as well, or is that something that we have to work through as a as a you know as a country? Or uh, no, the the regulations aren't there at all, and okay, so, so it's yeah. that's very much what this project is about. And so, 
Lloyd's Register is the uh, you know is, is this class this vessel is delegated to Lloyd's at this uh, for the regulatory approvals and but Transport Canada is heavily involved as well. We've engaged with them early and we've also been in, engaged with the marine side of Transport Canada as well as the the the, um, the road vehicle side where they have had that experience already. So it's a right. combined effort. Excellent. So, so why hydrogen? Why, why did you pick hydrogen exactly as the alternative fuel? Is it because of the the kind of the technology that already exists in terms of the fuel cell and stuff, or was there some other reason? Or yeah, it works the best with a fuel cell. Uh, hydrogen fuel cells. Uh, uh, we've got expertise here in Vancouver uh, for fuel cells and for hydrogen. Uh, it. It is the zero emission uh, vehicle, uh, zero zero emission propulsion that's available now. There's already been experience on buses and road vehicles of various sorts, so there's that that experience. Uh, and and I think it has uh, some of the. I think it's got a lot of promise. It has a big advantage over batteries in that it's lighter and it has greater range uh, and the refueling time is much less so okay yeah yeah you, you know rather if you use up uh, your full storage of uh, hydrogen it only takes uh, you know it's it's similar to refueling a, a, a regular vessel with diesel as far as the time it takes to yep. um, right. fill up the not vessel. like pl- plugging in a charger like a car that yes Potentially a long time. Yeah. What about what about scalability? Is is uh, you know you were talking earlier about uh, 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 you know passenger vehicles. Are are we going to see uh, this kind of hybrid setup in small planing craft? You know maybe recreational. Uh, you know, uh, you know ski boats or whatever. Or and can we scale it up to very large craft as well? Can it go? You know, is does this technology work for like a cargo ship or a container ship? Well, I think. I think in our near term, we're, we're most likely to see it in commercial vessels uh, okay. that are being used heavily. Uh, so I think it, it has potential in, in ferries, in tugboats, uh, a similar craft that, that have high utilization. Uh, you know, where plugging in and charging is uh, it, it can, can be challenging. So then, right. you know, that we, we take away that refueling um, time and, and, and let the, the vessel keep working, uh, as well as it has increased range compared to a battery-powered vessel. Uh, so they can go further afield uh, and keep working. So those those are the big advantages of a hydrogen fuel cell-propelled vessel. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want to play a devil advocate here, but you're ca- uh, keeping to talk about like uh, passenger vessel ferries with hydrogen. But is this thing dangerous? Well, it yeah, it all new fuels are are uh, have new risks. So yeah, it's a matter of uh, of uh, learning what those risks are and how to how to mitigate them. And I mean, I think you can look back in history to see, you know, when steam propulsion uh, first came online oh, yeah. there were a lot of risks oh yeah uh, and, 
and it was it was dangerous. It uh, and so I think we've learned a lot since that time, and and, uh, and learned how to accommodate new technologies, and so we'll be able to do this safely. Yeah, and um, in terms of like, I know there's a lot a lot of new alternative fuel that everyone's looking at, and I've listened in a few conferences about what they are, what challenge. Uh, they all have so LNG is not 100% clean uh, it's kind of a gap between the two then there's methanol that could be good but still uh, can be dangerous uh, ammonia is, can be really dangerous and hydrogen again also there's storage is an issue and the fact that uh, it, it's dangerous too but less than ammonia but with all these four, do you think that all these four will have a place in the market? When we look at long-term zero emission, do you think that every alternative fuel will have a place or there's some that will need to do more research to know like if there's, there will be a place on, the, on the, our industry? Yeah, that's a difficult question. It's, I, I wish I had a, a crystal ball. You don't ball. have a crystal ball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I think there probably will be a mix of different fuels. Uh, in, yeah. Definitely as we make this transition. And, and there will be experimentation with uh, of various fuels. I, mean, there's, I think we'll find there's advantages with some versus others. Uh, you know, the ammonia and methanol uh, uh, could have advantage for you know, uh, ocean-going vessels. Yeah. Um, while... Domestic coastal craft may not want to deal with those the challenges that those fuels present, and, and hydrogen and battery electric might be more prevalent in those type of craft. Uh, those are my some of my uh, predictions, but uh, I time will tell how, how correct those are. Yeah, right. and I think the biggest challenge here is for the craft, the ships that. Uh, can't plan in advance where they're going. That to me is how will they become zero emission if we, they don't know where they're going to go. So they cannot plan in advance to have like an hydrogen uh, place to refuel or ammonia, methanol, because they're yeah. more rare than uh, what we're using now. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge in going into yeah. that zero emission world. Yeah, I think... I guess- Deep sea ships are probably going to be on the the, the trailing edge of of the new technologies. As so they'll they'll be forced to wait to see which ones showing most promise, which ones they uh, can get supply uh, um, f- uh, different ports. And uh, but I think for the most domestic craft, coastal craft, we'll see more experimentation and more uh, possibility of, of uh, a different variety, greater variety of fuels. Yeah. yeah. Back to uh, H2Ocean again, just for a sec. Are, are, there, are there any other, you know, is this a, kind of a new vessel of its, of its type or are there other hydrogen vessels out there already doing the thing that, that you can point to and go, hey, look, this technology absolutely works. Here is a ferry going from, you know, here to here and it's hydrogen, you know, powered. Is that, are we there? Well, there are very few and, and that's good because I'd, I'd like to know that we're 
uh, in Canada is, is on the forefront of this and not waiting yeah, for someone else to do it. Um, yeah. We, but there are uh, there are a handful of vessels that have been built. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of them operating. Um, there is the Sea Change in was built in Bellingham and is just close to starting operation in San Francisco. I, I uh, would need to touch base to see if they've actually started yet. Um, there is the Hydra, which is a ferry in Norway, which is a, a bit of a hybrid. They've got fuel cell and battery propulsion. Uh, so they're currently running on batteries and they're waiting for their storage tanks to be installed for hydrogen. Okay, but still, I mean, it sounds like they're all brand new projects. So, yeah, nobody's years ahead. It's all kind of no. There's there are. I think there's there's a couple of smaller vessels that have been operating for a little while, um, in the Netherlands, I believe, and and one in one or two in Japan. Uh, Japan is definitely uh, taking hydrogen fuel cell technology uh, as a prominent part of their strategy for moving forward as as I listed off the, uh, the the road vehicles that are available they're all Japanese yeah. okay yeah and they're doing the same on the marine side they've got about three different projects that are underway hydrogen fuel cell propulsion so I think we'll see lots of lots happening in- excellent power limitations in terms of kilowatt size is there is there a top end or like we can't have engines over this size or this power over this size or no not really they're they're okay they're yeah. quite modular uh so right. you, you can just keep adding them on uh you know the the, the challenges become uh space and weight uh, or space and it's Probably the biggest challenge is the, the fuel, and hydrogen is, it, you know, the, I've said many times it's the, it's the greatest energy per kilogram of any fuel. Uh, okay. But yeah. the, the reason that is is because it's incredibly light. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. It's not as good as, uh, as power per kilowatt, uh, uh, so that... That, that's more of the challenge uh, is, is getting the storage space to, to keep it. But, yeah. Uh, it, it won't impact your dead weight too much. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> so, so, it's, so our biggest challenges then in this country are, you would, you would say, like uh, infrastructure it would be one, regulation would be another. Who, who needs to step up to the plate here? Uh, who, who do we need to send this podcast to to, <laughs> to get this thing uh, moving forward a little bit so that we can be on the forefront and, and get this technology uh, rolled out in a bigger way? Well, we, we do need government support. It is, it, yeah. it, it is most certainly the, f- the first vessel in Canada is going to be a pilot project. It, you know, we can, we'll, we'll get um, we've got commercial companies that are very interested in doing this, but mm-hmm. there are challenges with uh, hydrogen supply, uh, Im- implementing the new um, technologies in a marine environment. Uh, so I, I, I can't really say that hydrogen fuel cells are new technology. They've been around for uh, decades. Uh, yeah, yeah. But in a commercial marine environment, it, it is new. 
sort of being to so to implement it in that format is going to be a challenge for regulators, builders, and operators. Uh, so so government support uh, is needed uh, to to get this project off the ground and to and to get hydrogen uh, as a marine fuel um, off the ground. So we're that's probably the number one uh, requirement. Yeah, that's a big challenge, and I think that's uh, one of the challenge we're facing all over the industry, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited about this whole like uh, like now I want to now I want to dig into uh, uh, looking at uh, hydrogen cars. I mean that that uh, I, I I thought for sure my next vehicle was going to be electric, uh, and it still might be. But now I'm wondering maybe hydrogen might be interesting as well. I, I, I'm sure at the moment there's zero infrastructure here, uh, but uh, who knows a couple of years down the road. Interesting. Very interesting. Yes, I've, I've been on some road trips with friends uh, who have electric cars, and uh, it's it's pretty challenging because uh, they have to stop and wait for an hour uh, to get the, the fast charge. Um, so it'll, wow. it'll be nice when hydrogen uh, retail stations are available throughout the province, uh, and then you can you know you can fill up your hydrogen vehicle. Uh, in in ten minutes rather than waiting an hour or two. Excellent. All right. So, um, anything you wanted to add, uh, Winston? No. I, this is for me has been a real uh, real eye opening uh, conversation, and I, Chris, really uh, appreciate you taking the time to to come on with us and and have a conversation about it. I, I'm always uh, super interested in in learning about uh, new technology, as as well. I know. And especially as it impacts our, our industry, and yeah, uh, sure. you know, on this side of the country, I'm not sure much is happening in the way of uh, you know of, of investigation in, into the whole hydrogen fuel cell or hydrogen mm-hmm. as an alternative fuel. But I mean, there's a lot going on here f- from a you know a maritime development point of view. We have the Atlantic Supercluster and some other things going on. So I'm just wondering why there's there's not much happening. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's really, uh, interesting and, and I'm uh, real happy that you were able to come on and tell us about it. Thanks so much. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be uh, on your program and, uh, I, I've enjoyed the conversation. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, go to our website, innovmarine.com slash bridgewatch. And uh, we have a space there for you to put comments and questions. Be part of the conversation. We'll see you in two weeks to chat more about the exciting news in our industry, to chat more about what it's coming in terms of innovation. How can we make our industry better? And like Winston said, share our comments there. And who knows, maybe your subject will be the next topic of our show. Thank you and see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks.